Praise the Lord, church. What an awesome spirit of God we've run into tonight. I'm very pleased to be able to say that I got to come to the place of God with the people of God and experience God in this place. There's just nothing quite like getting into the presence of the living God. There's just nothing quite like being able to connect with my creator and my maker. I would also like to express my thanks and my appreciation for the show strands, for receiving us with open arms. Your hospitality has been phenomenal. We love you, we appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you do. Today I'm gonna to be reading out of Mark 16. It might be a very familiar passage to a lot of us. And I'm gonna go right past that part to Mark 16, 20. God has been so good in my life, and I really just can't say where I'd be if he hadn't have intervened. And there comes a point in our walk with God as we continue to grow that God will ask us to go deeper than we've been before. There comes a point in our walk with God where we really start to realize that God is walking with us and that he's working with us. The apostles, they walked with Jesus while he was here on earth. And by the end of it all, as they continued to learn from Jesus, eventually, Mark 16, 20 says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I've asked myself many times, Lord, how can we get to that point? How do we get to that point where the Lord works with us? We've experienced a powerful presence of God, a powerful move of God in this place, within these walls, over the past several days. And the word that I have for you tonight, CAC, is that God wants us to move beyond these walls. If you'll go with me to prayer, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that you've chosen to show up and make yourself known in this place today. I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word and anoint us to receive your word, to apply it, let it grow in our hearts and take root. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the past few days, I figure we ought to look back a little bit because just a little secret between you and I, my, my, my siblings and I, we never talk about the, the words that we're preparing. We never talk about what we are uh, getting ready to, to preach or to teach or to do in the case, of a, in the case of, a, of a main service. And so whenever things start to line up a little bit, it's not really because we planned it out. But on Friday night, we started at the altar where we talked about it, but first the altar and how we have to learn, be willing to submit to the process. 
We have to be willing to get in contact with God. And as we continue to walk with God, we, we, on, we learned on Saturday a little, some of the ways that we can, we can try to draw closer to God. Get some of the things out of the way so that way we can continue our walk. So that way we can learn what to do in the process. And this morning God asked a couple questions. He said that I'm willing to go with them. Who will go with me? Are you willing to give me what you have? And so you might very well ask, where do we go next? Where does God want us to go next? And I very much believe that God is wanting to take us beyond these walls. But before we can get to beyond these walls, we must first ask, where is the Lord within your walls? When I say that, I do mean the walls of our church, but also within the walls of your own heart. Where is he? It's, it becomes an awesome thing to see the suddenlies, to see miracles happen, and to see God move in miraculous ways. It's truly a phenomenal thing to see him move. But if we want a miracle, what would we do with that miracle? We want to see the miraculous, but what would we do with the miraculous? If we want to walk in the miraculous, we must first walk with Jesus. It's his desire to walk with you and to know you. He's a God of intimacy, and more than anything, he wants to know you. He wants to know you more than anything else. Jeremiah 9, verse 23, 24, is the evidence that God wants to know you. Thus says the Lord, don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't let the mighty man glory in his might. Don't let the rich man glory in his riches. But him that glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. The Lord put the emphasis not on the blessings that we might have in this life. Not on the things that we might have seen, but on, the, on that we might know God. That the emphasis has never been on anything else except that we might be able to know God. That we might be able to get into an intimate relationship with God so that whenever we pray, we can hear his voice. Whenever we pray, we know it, we can feel his presence. Not just in an altar call, but in our rooms and when we're at home alone. Whenever we're at work and whenever we feel like keeping to ourselves, when we're on break and we start praying, but we might feel the presence of God. When we're at school and we're just sitting there in class, but then God starts to move even in the classroom. The Lord wants us to draw close to him. In John 14, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, he that believes on me. The Greek there is pisteo, a commitment, a full trust. He that fully commits to me has trust in me. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
God has promised to work in the realm of the miraculous if we are willing to know him and commit our full trust to him. You can spend a lot of time learning about God. We're blessed today with the internet where we have a lot of resources at our, our disposal, where we can look at a lot of things and we can learn quite a lot about the Word of God just by looking it up. You can read a lot of articles and you can watch a lot of videos. You can listen to a lot of good preaching online. There's some good resources out there. Believe it or not, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, they've got some convincing reels out there. They've got, some, they've got some teachers that sound pretty good out there. But if you only ever inform yourself and you don't come to know Jesus, then you're, you're missing something. Let me put it this way. You can spend a lot of time researching about the president, right? You can... We, there are books written about his, about his biography, about his life. You can spend a lot of time learning about the president and learning about his, uh, about, uh, about his beliefs, about what he does, about his mannerisms. You can spend a lot of time learning about his daily life. It's all out there. There's a lot you can learn about the president, but I can guarantee you that if you walked up to the White House and you started rapping on the door saying, hey, I want to see the president, I know him. I can guarantee you that the president's going to say, who are you? Because you can spend a lot of time learning about someone. You can read about them, you can study their habits and know about them, but that's different than knowing them. There's a very big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. You can spend all your time learning and reading and researching but if you never spend time talking and praying, if you never spend time connecting with him and with his people, you'll never know Jesus. If you only ever inform yourself and don't come to know Jesus, the words you'll hear in the last days aren't going to be well done, but rather depart from me because I never knew you. What a waste to have lived my whole life so close to have lived my life under the authority of men and women of God, have been, being so close and seeing the Spirit of God move, seeing the miraculous happen in my own church. And what a waste to have gone all that walk, all that distance, and to have never known who it was all about, to never have known him intimately like he desires. Paul was an apostle who God mightily used, and his perspective was very different. See, Paul got used in amazing ways, but it's not because he, not because he knew a lot about God. But instead, Paul has this to say in Philippians chapter 3. You can turn there if you want. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if, any, if anyone else thinks that he has whereof to trust in the flesh, I have more, more reason. Though I, I circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. 
Paul had everything you could ask for in his world. In the Jewish world, it was all about learning the law. In the Jewish world, it was all about the zeal that you had and all about knowing what looked good. He was a Pharisee, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Anyone could look at Paul and surely say that, oh, that's a, that's a good man right there. He's got it all. But Paul didn't consider that worth that much. He goes on to say, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. We want to see God move in the miraculous. We want to see God move in great revival, but we've got to know him. Outward evangelism is effective when there's intimate relationship with God. God is a God of intimacy, and he moves in miraculous ways to gain a relationship with an individual. If we want to walk in the miraculous, we have to understand that God does it so that way he can draw people to him. It's not about getting the thrill out of seeing the miracle. It's not about just trying to see, oh, what's God going to do today? It's about, oh, I, I want to draw you close to me, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get you there. Once you get in contact with the Spirit of God, He will go with you as you go. As you preach, as you witness, as you work, He'll do it with you. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than working with Jesus and him working with you. But the relationship and the knowing Jesus is what makes the difference. God wrought special, hand, special miracles by the hands of Paul. Acts 19, verse 11 through 16. So that from his, from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them. Evil spirits went out of them. But then... Certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, they decided they wanted to do the same thing that Paul was doing. They saw the miraculous and they're like, I need some of that for myself. And so they decided, uh, they decided that they were going to go and they were going to exorcise evil spirits themselves. And they even called on the name of Jesus when they did it. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven of them that went out to do it together. A Jew and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. But they used the name of Jesus. They preached, they, they, they preached to that man and they told that demon to come out in the name of Jesus. But there was no relationship with Jesus. That name has no power if you don't have a relationship with him. He will not move if, you're not, if you don't have a relationship with him. If it's not, there's nothing effective about seeing miracles happen if, if there's no relationship that follows as a result. Paul had a relationship with Jesus, and so as a result, he, he walked in the miraculous. Paul magnified God so much that to the point he gave his entire life to him. Everything else that he'd earned up until that point, he was willing to just throw it away because Jesus said, hey, let me show you the right way to go. And Paul's like, that's the relationship I want. That's what I've been seeking after. That's what I've been pursuing. 
And so he decided that it was all worth throwing away so that way he could get to that point of relationship with Jesus. He gave up everything. Are we willing to have our identity be totally in Jesus? Are we willing to take that step? Because God wants us to walk in the miraculous. And he wants us to do it beyond these walls. I could testify to you all the day long of miracles that God has done within our church. God does it. We've, we've seen miracles. He does it. We hear of him. Of, we see him doing it inside our church services. We've even heard about it. We hear it preached from the pulpit. We hear about miracles, and on occasion, we might even hear of miracles that happen outside the church. I could testify of a, an elderly lady who walked into our church one day, and she, she walked in hobbling on a, on a cane and was oh, painfully slow to walk behind. And by the time that the altar came, she picked up her cane and walked up to the altar, handed it to the pastor, and took off running down the aisle. I could tell you about the time whenever a girl in our, in our youth group asked for some of, some of her friends to pray for her while during class. She had had carpal tunnel in her wrist. It was, it was, it, she's in middle school. She has carpal tunnel in her wrist. Constant, her wrist was in constant pain. And she asked for them to pray. And then two days later, while she was in class, she picked up the pencil to start writing and realized there was no more pain. And since then, she still has had no pain in her wrist. She's been, uh, she, just by asking for people in the church to pray for her, God worked a miracle. And she, has, she's, she plays games with us all the time. I could tell you of a girl in our, in our young adult section who had Crohn's disease. After it, was, it seemed like almost every time that she ate, she would, have to go, she, would, she would have to go leave shortly afterwards because she couldn't keep it down. She would have to throw it up every, almost every time. And then somehow on a Saturday night service, she, went, she responded in faith to the altar call as the preacher gave it. And she walked, she walked in with sickness but walked out whole. And she, we, haven't, we haven't even seen her throw up, period, sickness or otherwise, since then. God moves with the people of God. Whenever people are willing to seek after him and step out in faith, there's a very special power that God decides to move in. We ought to be walking in the miraculous, in our walk with God. It, everything ought to be about God, where God is the centerpiece of everything that we do. I remember many years ago, I was probably... I graduated from high school, so I was probably 18, where I started doing a very small thing. I started carrying my Bible with me whenever I would go into work. And it was a very small thing, but to me, 
you've got to understand it was a very big thing because I was very embarrassed about that sort of thing. I, I focused a lot on what other people were going to think of me. I didn't want people to think I was like weird or one of those holier-than-thou people just because I was like carrying a Bible with me. I just thought it was very weird. But after feeling convicted to do, uh, convicted otherwise at camp, I started to bring my Bible with me. And the one rule I set for myself was I was not allowed to put it in a backpack, wasn't allowed to put it in a bag as I walked in. I had to carry it by my side. We had to go and put it with the, next, with the, with the rest of my stuff, and then I could clock in. And for me, it served as a reminder that I, I have to remember that I am a Christian and that people ought to see Christ whenever they look at me. And that if my relationships with my coworkers scare me to the point where I'm not willing to let them see what's changed my life so much, then the relationships have to change or they have to end. But I, there, there, there came a point where I, I just, I had to walk every day and I had to bring my Bible with me. It had to stay out in the open so that way other people could see and I was, it was so embarrassing to walk in. And, I, and the thing is, nobody said a word to me. But it served as a reminder to me that if I want my identity to be Christ, then I better start reflecting that. Not more so than whenever I'm just in church. I, if I'm at school, then those, those other students ought to know that there's something, there's something different here. If I'm at work, then people ought to know that there's something different here. If I'm hanging out with my friends, there's, there's something different about that guy. If you want to walk in the miraculous and you want to see Jesus move, you want to see miracles happen, you've got to be willing to get to a place of connection with him. You've got to be willing to get to a place where it says, okay, it doesn't matter anything else that I have. Everything else is, everything else is lost. That's fine. But if I can walk with Jesus, then it's all worth it. If, if, if people can look at me and they can see Jesus, then it's all worth it. Because we're on a, a crash course to change the world. It was, not a couple of, it was not a couple of people, it was not several disciples who were so concerned with making sure that they had it right in church, but not so much out of it, that overthrew one of the greatest empires in history. But whenever they started preaching, they started living it. They, started, they had a relationship with Jesus, and so they started walking in it. They start up until the point where each and every one of them was crucified for their belief, and they all went to the grave happy. Paul would write about how he was, he was happy his time was come because now he was going to get to see Jesus. They, multiple times throughout the book of Acts, we see that they'd be imprisoned or they'd be beaten. They, Paul was, was stoned, they thought, to death, and they they rejoiced in the suffering because it meant that they could, were worthy to suffer for his name's sake. They had more than just 
a religious conviction. They had a spiritual connection. Paul would talk about how in Romans 15, 19, how through mighty signs and wonders by the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. It was through mighty signs and wonders in the Spirit of God that Paul was able to preach the gospel. Whenever the miraculous was present, Paul knew that he had fully preached the gospel. But our focus can't be on the signs and the wonders. It's an awesome thing to want to walk in the miraculous. After all, it was through the miraculous in the Spirit of God that Paul was able to fully preach the gospel. But we can't forget that the Spirit of God has to be in it, and it has to be with us. Mark Morgan had told the story once of how he was invited to go preach for someone else. He was, he was in his hotel room, and he was praying, and suddenly he had, he had something appear at the end of his bed what looked to be an angel, and it started to tell him that he was beginning to launch into a new ministry. This new ministry was going to be one of fame and one of miracles, and it was going to take Mark Morgan's name throughout the whole world. And Brother Morgan was excited because finally we're going to, see, we're going to start seeing the miraculous. We're going to start seeing it happen. And as he was about to respond to the angel, he said, but something doesn't quite sound right here. So he prayed and asked God, God, this is from you, right? And as he prayed, as he asked for the meaning to be revealed, Brother Morgan began to describe how that outward appearance of an angel began to peel off and began to reveal the demon that was hiding underneath. It can never be about the fame and the miracles. It can never be about getting the thrill of seeing what God will do. It has to be about connecting with Jesus Christ. But if it will be about Jesus, then he will work with you, and he will confirm the word as you preach it. If you have a relationship there that is built on trust, that is built on faith, God will work with you as you go. But you've got to be willing to get to a place within these walls to say, Lord, I'm going to I submit to you. Not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, there's nothing in it for me if you're not in it. If your spirit's not there, I don't want to be there. If you're not working, then I don't want to be working. God, take me to where you want me to take me. If it's going to throw out my dreams and passions, so be it. But I've got to get into the presence of the living God. I've got to walk with God no matter where I go. I want him to be by my side, behind me, before me. He's got to set the, sta the standard for where I go and what I do. God has to be the one who sets my standard, not myself. And I only learn his standard whenever I get into connection with him. Whenever I begin to pray and whenever I begin to seek him, God will move with those who he knows. How else can Jesus tell those who say, Lord, Lord, look, we, we worked all these miracles. We preached your name. How else can then Jesus then respond and say, depart from me. I never knew you. 
It's not about the miracles. It's not about the great things that God will do, and He will do them. He will. And that's where God wants to take CAC this year. But before you get there, He wants to walk with you. He wants to know you. As a church and individually, He's come to know you. Jeremiah 9. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, the rich man in his riches, but him that glories, glory in that he understands and knows me. This whole book was a love letter to you. All to say that I want to know you. All to say that my whole focus is on knowing you. Why can't you do the same for me? When God becomes great within the walls, he'll start to become great beyond the walls. You can stand with me. I'm getting ready to close. God is trying to call CAC to a very awesome place. You've been blessed amazingly as a church. Your walk with God is evident. You praise, you worship. God moves in your services. God wants to know you on still yet a more intimate level. And he's getting ready to take you to a place where it can be written about you that they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I'd take you to what happens right after this in the book of Acts. By my count, there's about 35 miracles, instances of miracles that happen in the book of Acts. And at the most, five of those you could, be, you could interpret as being in the church. Three I wasn't sure about. But that still left 27 that happened beyond the walls. They happened while traveling. They happened on missions trips. They happened in the streets. They happened at funerals. They happened in prisons and on, in homes. They happened during Bible studies. They happened during political speeches in castles and government buildings. They happened on ships and while eating with strangers. Jesus said the wind blows where it lists and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell when it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We've got to remember that church is home base. Church is home base. And where we go out and, we, and God works with us is beyond the walls. 
The Spirit ought to be on the move, not just confined to the walls of the church. But, he ought to, but we know that He lives and breathes and that He moves. So where are we going to be? Where Are we going to get a little bold enough to say, man, my, friend, my friend's been struggling with this for quite some time. Maybe I ought to, I ought to ask him if I can pray for him if that would be okay, and, and see if maybe God will move and, and work a miracle right here. Maybe God will draw that person here just because I asked to pray with them. But our whole calling was to go, was to go preach the gospel to the whole world and preach it to every creature. That starts with ourselves. That's the greatest ministry we'll ever work, is our own ministry to God. Of our love to Him, of our connection with Him. And then beyond that, then God starts to move in the miraculous. A walk with Jesus will lead you straight into the miraculous. Where you'll start to see that there is no power that demons have there's no power that sickness has, that disease has, that depression has. There's no power in the body that can overcome the Spirit of God working in you and through you. The world has their own miracles. They have their own power in a sense but it doesn't quite compare to the Spirit of God. So one man, in, one man, as he was preaching in Africa, he went up to a, uh, he went up to, they had a, a festival going on. There was a man who was, who was inviting people to come up. He was a warlock. He was inviting people to come up so that way he could read their fortunes and tell them, and tell them about their past. And it was a big thrill. And this preacher man just kind of sat there and watched him for a while. And eventually, the warlock looked at him and says, why don't I try you? And he said, you know what? Go ahead. Try it. And as the warlock began to do his thing, he began to try to read into the preacher's life, he began to get frustrated. You could see it on his face so clearly that something wasn't going right. And the preacher asked him, what's wrong? And he said, well, I can see your life, but only up until a certain point. All I can see is you're, you're going down into the water with another man. I don't know who it is. And I see him take hold of you and I hear him tell you, I baptize you now in the name of Jesus Christ for your remission of sins. And then you go under the water, but, it, but after that it's all white. I can't see anything else. My, my power's not working for some reason. It's just not effective. Why can't I see what's going on here? The enemy gets blinded whenever you get into relationship with Jesus. The enemy is powerless whenever you get into relationship with Jesus. You might see the enemy work miracles. You might see the enemy do amazing things. But let me tell you, it means nothing whenever you get into connection with the living God. God is 
one who looks to prove himself to those who love him. He looks to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him. Those who want to know him, those are the ones that he looks to prove himself to. I'm going to invite you to come to the front in just a moment here. But first, I believe that God is wanting to prove himself in this place. Not just so that way it can stay here inside the walls, but so that way God can, we can take the, we can take what happens and take it beyond the walls. If you've never received the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'd invite you to come up to the front and stand right here. God's looking to prove himself in this place tonight. He's looking to continue to walk with us and to prove that he's wanting to take us to a greater place tonight. And...